Enter the mind of your favorite artists, DJs, and producers, and find out how their mindset made them who they are today. Music and Mindset with Sunil Mack. Welcome to another episode of Music and Mindset. Today we are joined by an extra special musical talent. He's a rapper, a singer, producer, songwriter who blends the best of the East and the West and has opened up for the likes of Tiger, Jeremiah and Yo Gotti. It's someone who has been on an incredible journey and overcome some big challenges on the way. This guy has the charisma, the flair, the vocals and the vibe to make sure that anytime you listen to his music, it's instantly happy hour. Joining me from Los Angeles, California, we are about to enter the mind of the inspirational Happy Singh. How are you doing, brother? Sunil, my guy, bro. Thank you so much for the beautiful introduction. Thank you for having me on your show. No, thank you for, be- for being here. I'm glad we could make this work, brother. It's been, uh, you're, you're one of the people that I really wanted to interview because of your journey and because of where you've come from. Absolutely. Thank you so much. How's things over there in LA at the moment? Ed, man, they're... It's not as bad as the first shutdown we had. Things are still a little open and we're kind of more used to what's going on. So we're able to, you know, live life accordingly. Right. And how, how have you found it personally? Like, obviously, I know your album was released earlier this year. And I yeah. guess you were thinking you'd be on tour right now and performing live and all those kind of things. Yeah, I was actually supposed to um, be in UK this summer. I was supposed to do Canada, India. So everything did kind of shut down for me so that was the kind of downside of this yeah definitely yeah yeah i mean it's been it's just a crazy time isn't it i mean everyone's plans have just been thrown up but i guess it's what you do with the time we've got time that we don't usually have and you know your whole life's been about turning adversity into positivity have you managed to do that through this period as well absolutely i started to work on my weaknesses so i kind of you know since it's my time and you know i'm not out there like that, I started to focus on my weaknesses and make them stronger. That's that's amazing. And, and I want to definitely get into that with you. The reason why I was so keen to get you on is because, like I say, you've overcome some serious challenges. Everybody sees like the millions of views on YouTube and the, the bangers that you release. And, you know, from the outside, it looks like life is all good and has always been all good. But you've had a serious struggle to get to where you've got to today. Starting back from, I mean, let's go, let's get into it. And let's go back to when you were 14 years old, introduced into alcohol and the major impact that had on you. Like, talk me through what you were going through and what happened at that time. Yeah, I was, uh, I was introduced to alcohol at 14. Um, I still remember I had, um, I believe it was Red Label, you know, um, just had a shot of it. And it kind of just, you know, changed my perspective of life. Cause I didn't know you can control your feelings through substances. I was still a kid and knowing that now there's something out there that can make me a little feel, you know, feel more comfortable in my own skin. So I started to gravitate towards more towards, you know, heavy drinking and stuff. Um, and that was between like 14 to 25. Yeah. I just went heavy into alcohol. You, you mentioned it there and, substances what any kind of addiction it is it's to try and make you feel something different because you're not comfortable in your own skin it's like you want to escape who you are and change reality and you know substances can make you do that what do you feel like you were trying to escape at that point you know what i mean i was a happy kid so i don't even i didn't even know that i was hiding in my own skin um it was kind of like once i drank i just felt like 
comfortable in myself. I wanted to dance. I wanted to be loud, obnoxious, just like not care what the world was thinking for once. And little did I know all those feelings were hidden inside of me, you know? So I think I was just shy, trying to fit in, trying to be, you know, I didn't know what was cool, what wasn't. So I was just kind of like, I would just shut myself down because I wanted to fit in so bad with, you know, the, when I was around my parents, friends, uh, you know, when I was around my and classmates and stuff being, you know, Indian living in LA, it was kind of different because, you know, there's not a lot of us now there is, but in my schools, like we're kind of spread out, but in LA, LA, like there's probably like two or three kids, you know, that jobby and I was one of them, but it was kind of hard. Cause I was like, yo, like there's not a lot of us. So I have to act like somebody else. Right. Okay. Okay. So trying to change who you are to fit in. Yeah. And that's a, t- that's a real tough one because I, you know, so many different walks of life, people do this all the time. They try and lose their own identity or change themselves because they don't want to feel rejected by whoever it is, society or yeah. friends, family. And, you know, you mentioned it there, like being one of a handful of Punjabis out there, you know, I watched the, the story that you did on Instagram, you said, obviously, like after 9-11 and stuff, you faced a lot of kind of prejudice yourself because of the way you looked. That could have only added to the pain you were feeling. Absolutely. Um, I think it was all just, I just sunk it in. I never spoke about it. Um, and just being, you know, just watching the world, watching all that happen. First of all, I felt untouchable living in, in the U.S. So when that 9-11 did happen, it kind of traumatized me because I was like, wait, we can get we can get hurt. We can get killed. I thought we were protected. So my whole world was just like changed at, you know, I was in fourth grade when it happened. And, um, ever since then racism was more open. I didn't, I never dealt with it before. People used to make fun of me, but we used to sometimes make fun of the another kid. So I just thought it was just something we did as kids, you know, color didn't really matter. You know, it was just like, if you just made fun of whoever, whoever, dressed funky that day. You just made fun of him. So, um, but when the whole color thing and the name calling started happening was after nine 11. Yeah. And how did you deal with that? How did it kind of make you feel back at that point? Cause you're only a young, you know, you're a young guy finding yourself at that time and now facing racism that you'd never really kind of had to confront before. Yeah, it was, um, it was different cause I didn't know how to confront it. I didn't know how to speak on it. Um, I would speak to like uncles and aunties because my parents were just like, you know, don't deal with it. They weren't like, you know, stand up for yourself. They would never say that because they're like, don't get beat up. They don't want me to get hurt. So they're just like, you know, I wouldn't be able to talk to them. I'll talk to aunties and uncles and other friends and they'll be like, stand up to yourself. Like, you know, yell and, you know, tell them how you feel. And when I started doing that, um, certain people did back off. So standing up for myself, just, you know, people are like, oh, you know, he does, he does talk, you know, don't say nothing. Um, but certain people, yeah, like fights would occur, but not, not to a point where it was so bad because I feel like at that point we all, we all felt some type of way because of what was happening. I mean, majority of my classmates were Hispanic, so you were considered Brown too. So it wasn't too bad, you know what I mean? But it was still there. And going back to the, to the alcohol thing, cause like you started drinking young and it had a huge impact on your life. It sounded. It sounds like it kind of started off as fun, you know, like alcohol is one of those things. It's like, you know, you're partying, you're enjoying it. I mean, I know you started young, but it kind of, it's cool at the start until it starts to become a problem. When, when did it kind of start to get out of hand for you, do you think? 
man, it only took like a year. And just because the second I drank it, I was like, it was fun for 30 minutes. And I'm like, wait, where's, where's that feeling again? So I, you know, right there, there's addiction, you know, I'm just trying to look for more of that feeling. So I kept drinking more and more and trying different types of alcohols. And I wasn't the type where I want a margarita. And that's why I get confused when I look at people sip and they're like, Oh, I want it to be flavorful. I'm like, for what? You still want that feeling. Why do you want to add all those extra sugars? Just get straight to the point drink that drink it straight man like that's when it's like be a man like drink like a banda barnica, you know yeah, like be, yeah. a, be a be a man and drink and i was kind of i get confused when people want to make drinks and stuff but i get it like people not everyone had this issue that i had so when i look at people i'm like damn that's cool like people drink around me all the time and um i don't get edgy anymore or nothing i'm just like wow like that's really cool how your body reacts different from my body like i actually could never just have a drink just going through that. That's I, I, and I always tried people always said, Hey, just this time I see like friends started realizing I have issues and they're like, Hey, like I see that, you know, you can't just, you want to drink a bottle, just have a drink with me, just have one beer with me. And then after like maybe a week of being sober, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try it again. Just have a drink. And no, it wasn't like that. It's like the second I have a drink, I'm already calling my drug dealer and I'm just trying to freaking, I'm calling off of work. I already know where it's going. So I'm like, Hey, I'm sober enough sober enough to make the lies up to cover my back to, so I can party hard. That That's a, uh, I mean, that's so honest and coming on to that, like the drink kind of opened up the floodgates to other substances and drugs. Like, like talk me through that. How old were you then? And how did that start? Because there's a, there's a kind of leap between, you know, drinking, which can be terrible in its own right. But then how did it turn into, drugs and the different type of drugs you were taking i was um introduced to drugs by my best friends at the time and um it's kind of crazy because i was definitely made to go through this because my my friends were selected from my parents they were so strict they would go to my school and make sure the friends i was hanging out with had good grades and stuff so they'll talk to the teacher so these friends i would hang out with me and i would also my parents i'm like look like you chose those friends they had good grades and funny thing is right two years after drinking from 14 to 16 i was introduced i was 16 years old it was my birthday that i was introduced to cocaine you know um i remember that feeling because oh my god like i wasn't like when you drink too much, you get dizzy, you get, you know, your eyes, you, you get foggy, you know, you get double vision and you don't do that with cocaine. Cocaine sobered me up, you know? So I'm like, okay, cool. So now I have alcohol and now I have Coke. So if I get too drunk, I'll ju- I mean, if I get too drunk, I'll just do some white girl and I'll feel better. And the next thing you know, like when the come down came, I'm like, I'm never doing this again. But, but the way it made me feel, I opened up so much. We just, it was like everything that was inside me, I got to talk about. So it was almost a way of like, you know, seeing a therapist with my friends, but you would sometimes say too much, you know? And it was just like, it was the way it made you feel, man. It was just, it it wasn't healthy. You know, I feel like there's enough dopamine in your system to naturally, you know, glide through, through the whole day. And I was just, I was just, it was all at once. It was so powerful. And I felt, I felt invincible. And so I was like, man, you know, alcohol is, alcohol is cool, but what else is there out there? You know, this white powder looks like flour. It doesn't look like it's going to hurt me. Like it doesn't look evil, you know? So I was open to it, you know? And, um, right after that, then I found out, I'm like, dude, I've been doing this for like a year now, 17, 18. 
how do I get off of this stuff? I can't get off. And I started thinking to myself and then my friends, other friends come, Hey, try this. It's called a Molly. It's called ecstasy. Um, I'm like, you know what? Like I'm going to try it. And I always made bad decisions when I was under the influence being sober. Never, never. You bring that stuff to me. I'm like, no, I'm good. But the door would open from alcohol. The bad decisions would be from alcohol. So, you know, I tried Molly and I'm like, okay, so this is a different feeling. This made me feel like really happy and just all, everything I like to do was an upper. I never liked to do downers. I was a very, I was already a happy person. So I was just really, I was just bringing out who I really was. I was just scared to be me in front of the world because I felt like I would be judged. So if I had, you know, blame the alcohol. So I had something to blame and people are like, you're too crazy. I'm like, oh, it wasn't me. It was the alcohol and the drugs. Really, it was me. I was just scared to be me. And because um, I feel like the world is so like, we, we all feel like that we close ourselves. Like we really are those seven-year-olds, six-year-olds that just don't care what the world thinks. And we're just dancing. We want to have fun, eat what we want. That's who we really are. But the second we start thinking about, you know, the older you get, you start realizing, oh, people are watching me. Oh, they're, they're actually talking bad about me. And you start shutting down who you really are. And it's the saddest thing ever. And then we turn to what is alcohol and drugs and stuff. And, you know, I was then after, you know, doing mollies and, and alcohol, I'm like, okay, this is pretty much it. Cause after this is heroin, I'm not going to shoot myself. That's scary. I'm like, I haven't hit that level, but I mean, it was to a point I'm popping like seven pills every other day, you know? And I was like, you know, hitting my drug dealers left and right. And it was so funny of how easy it was for me to get plugs. Like it was meant, you know, and I made sure everyone had fun with me. So in a, in a way I was actually hurting everyone, but I was like, no, I'm going to bring out the real you. Like I didn't have bad intentions, but I did have bad intentions. And it's almost like, you know, I'm going down, I'm going to take you with me kind of thing. Like it was, it was not healthy, you know? And, um, I was then introduced to, to methamphetamine and, and meth is actually the same. It was, it was, it was powder formed in the same way of coke, of cocaine. So I didn't know it was meth. If I knew it was meth, I would have not done it, but this is how like they get you, you know, the drug dealers get you and they want you to, cause you know, this is like, Ooh, I did one line. It felt like I was, I was high for a whole day from doing one line. And I was like, Oh, okay. So this is actually cheaper. And it's, it's, it, you're high all day. So I don't need to spend all this money on Coke. I was getting, you know, I was losing all my money off, off of drugs and alcohol. I was working minimum wage. And I remember my dad saw my taxes at the time. And he's like, yo, man, like, it says you made like 25,000. Where's the money? I was like, I was like, oh my God, I made 25. Like, I don't have nothing. Where did this money go? Like, I was buying everyone, everything. Like, oh, we're all getting turned. I wanted to make sure like I was the life of the party. It made me feel good because in a form, I was trying to bring happiness to everyone because party means happiness, you know? And me being Indian, like I brought that like Punjabi Desi wedding type of happiness to, to, to parties, like to, around my, my Hispanic, white, black friends, very, very mixed group of friends. I had Russians, I had Armenians, like my, my friends are just very different and I just click with everybody. So when we partied, I would bring that Indian like flair, like and people were like, yo man, and, and I love the fact that I can make people forget what they were going through. And I almost felt like I had to save and help everybody. And the only way I can do that was by being high and drunk, you know? So I was kind of lying to myself to be an addict almost. I was very good at manipulating my own self. So I could imagine other people who are addicts, what they tell themselves. 
I have to do this. And people start telling me your music is better when you're drunk, bro. Like I hear your beats. You're just, and I'm like, you know, what's funny. It's because I don't care. So why don't, and then I started thinking to myself, why don't I just not care while I'm sober? And I had to start, I had to start teaching myself that from, from ground zero. Like I was like, bro, but I couldn't still, right. I'm still like, I'm going hard. I'm like, I'm like, you thought my music was good on alcohol. Wait till you hear it off of these drugs. And next thing you know, I'm up four days, six days, no sleep. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. I've been up for six days, bro. Like no sleep. I'm seeing things. I'm like, I'm just tripping out. You know, I'm like, damn, like, okay. So meth is kind of like, and I couldn't get off of it. Meth was like, I was glued to it. Meth is the scariest thing in the world. It's literally the devil. Like if I could tell you what it is, man, like you will get, it's, you feel like God when you first do it, forget cocaine and ecstasy, you know, heroin is just, you know, you dream, you just knock, you nod off and you dream. So you're not even awake. Meth, you're awake. And you, you were just, Oh my God. Even people talking like people in the industry, they're like, man, you tried that. I'm sure you felt like God. I said, you know, what's crazy. That's the perfect definition. But the thing is, it's only that one time when you do it after that, you want to keep feeling like that and you can't, and you just get, you're just like, why am I not happy? And you become depressed, man. It's crazy. And that was, that was the last of it, man. Methamphetamine was, was the enemy, man. I, I lost my job. I lost all my friends. I had nobody. I had, I was in my room. I would be screaming, crying. Like I had nobody, man. I was just, I was literally like, what the hell? Like nobody cares about me, man. Like, and I would just be like, just like furious. And I was just like, why doesn't nobody call me and check up on me? I mean, I did it to myself. I did it to myself, but it was part of God's process. I had to be by myself. Sometimes with these kind of substance abuse, and you mentioned you mentioned that there, you kind of manipulate yourself, you lie to yourself, you convince yourself it's all okay. And one of the first steps to recovery is when you kind of hit rock bottom, and you're like, I have to admit this to myself first. Like, and I, I remember uh, watching your video, and and you were talking about it got to the point where that the only next step for you was suicide. I mean, that's a, and it's so inspirational for you to even say that because this, you know, suicide rates are going up, but in Punjabi culture, substance abuse, suicide, those rates are going through the roof right now. And for you to be able to talk about it is, is incredible, but talk me through that. Like, is that, that's how bad it got for you that it was kind of like, I need, I'm just out. I'm done with this. Yeah. I felt like, you know, I felt like the devil won. I'm like, nobody loves me anymore. My family is okay with me being like this. Um, so I was just done. Like if I needed alcohol, I'll steal it from my dad or I'll be like, yo, give me 20 bucks. I need money. Or I'll sell my $400 watch for 20 bucks to my drug dealer. So he, I could just get a little bit. And I remember I walked, man, I, I was just done with life because I, I just needed somebody to tell me you're going to be okay. But literally was that, was that even going to work? Cause I had a lot of friends telling me you're going the wrong way. So I was almost like when I was so down, I was like, yo, this is it. You know, there's, I've been doing this for months now and nobody's checking up on me. You know, everyone's, I can hear them laughing outside and I'll be in my room and I'm like, why are they laughing? Like I'm going through something and I was so stuck. I was so stuck. I couldn't get out. I didn't know how to get out. So I was breaking down and I was like, 
I don't think I'll never be able to stop because every time I sobered up, I went back and I went harder. You know, so I was like, damn, like I'm literally going to die off of this stuff. So I remember I walked, I walked to the train tracks, man. I walked, my dad kicked me out. He's like, I'm done with you. Like he was tipsy and he, me and him got in a, you know, conversation of a conflict. And, um, I pretty much walked off, man. I was like, I'm, I remember walking. I remember I threw away one of my favorite beanies and I, I was so mad. Cause I was like, damn, I love that beanie. It was a glow in the dark beanie, a New York beanie. And I was just, I kept walking. I was like, you know, it's done. Like, who cares? It's just, it will see me. I'm standing off the gate. Like somebody will, cars are passing by nothing. And I'm like, damn, I'm really supposed to do this. So I'm like, okay. So when the train comes, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump and let it hit me. I don't feel nothing. And I'm like thinking about it and I'm just waiting and I'm waiting and there's no train. I'm like, if I jump now, I'm just going to break my legs and I'm going to be suffering. <laughs> I don't want to suffer. I'm already suffering. Like, so I was like, dude, like, what do I do? And my drug dealer called me and he's just like, he's like, what do you, it's almost like he knew. And he's like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm like, why are you asking what I'm doing? Like you, it almost felt like he cared. I'm like, oh, I just feel like I'm about to, you know, jump off this bridge real quick. Like just end it, bro. And he's like, don't do that. I've been through that. Don't do that. I'm going to come pick you up. And I got a new sack for you. And I'm like, you care? Come get me, bro. I'm here. And, you know, I just needed somebody to be like, you're okay. Like, I got you. Whether it was through drugs or like, I didn't care anymore. And the funny thing is I was so desperate to get love. I feel like that's what the, that's what it was, man. Yeah, Cause it's like a cry for help, isn't it? Sometimes when you go through that kind of thing, it's like you're, you don't feel important, significant. You don't feel like anyone cares. And one of the things with suicide is, you know, sometimes it's not that people want to die. They just want to stop feeling what they're feeling and they don't know how else to do that. You know, like, I don't know, you know, I don't think that you wanted to die at that point. You just didn't want to feel anymore. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. How, how did you change that? Because to come back from, from where you were, complete rock bottom, you know, alcohol is a big part of your life from 14, then drugs and the the class of drugs gets more severe and severe to this point where you're literally about to jump. What do you, Was there a moment for you or was that the moment where it's like, I need to do something about this? And how did you get on the step to recover? I just, I started praying and I never believed in God. I used to go outside of my house and scream and cuss at him and be like, where are you? Like, you said you got me. Where are you? Look, look, look what's happening to me. I remember I used to scream on top of my lungs. And I remember from going to a, cause I had to go to AA um, court ordered cause I had a DUI. And I just remember certain things. I took certain things from certain places. And the first step was you need to, um, you know, admit you're an alcoholic. I'm like, sure, that's easy. I'm an alcoholic. I do drugs. I party. Yeah. Okay. Like, what does that do? Like I was so hardheaded. And the second step was to surrender, to understand that there's something bigger than you. Now, like, I'm like, I don't think you understand what I'm going through. You're over here telling me there's some type of magic in the world where I'm supposed to like get better. Like I had the visions of people praying and nothing happens. I had those. I'm like, I've seen people pray and nothing happens. I've seen people do good and nothing happens. Like that's a lie. Like I just didn't want to. But when you're at that breaking point, bro, when you're like, 
you have no body, you have nothing, you're done. What do you do? You fall to your knees. And that's a way of submission. You're like, I'm done. I gave up, bro. I fell on my knees. And little did I know I was surrendering. I was just like, I'm just done. Like, I give up on life. I can't even kill myself. I even try to OD because I'm like, maybe if I do enough of this stuff, it'll just kill me. I mean, I went off of drinking 750 milliliter Bacardi bottles a day. I drank one whole bottle a day. Something you, people use for a party. Like, and I'm drinking one a day. No water. No, I don't need no chaser. Nothing. Straight that with meth. Meth is drying my blood cells up and the alcohol is drying me up. I have no liquid other than that, bro. I don't know how I'm alive. I've talked to nurses. They're like, a week? You should have been dead. How are you going three weeks already? You know, I've, I, I'm meant to be here right now, bro. That's why I'm like, I started praying, bro. I just, when I fell on my knees, I just, I was in my a room. I remember I like, I was just done. And literally, man, like, I still, I still went, I went hard. I went hard. I remember I went, I went the hardest ever. I said, this is it. Like literally just go, just like, let it like, just, you're too scared to jump off a bridge. Just, just go and just end it. And I guess that prayer worked, man. When I, when I, when I really, I think I really believed that I was done. And when I, and I've heard there was over 300, 3 million people that were alcoholics that just, you know, when they surrendered themselves to, to God and they're just like, Hey, I need you. Like he came through and he used me, man. He's like, okay. Like I sobered up, bro. I, I, that one time, the hardest I've ever went then I was up eight days and, um, I passed out. I passed out. I remember I was supposed to go somewhere. I passed out and I was just like, I woke up 18 hours later, I was sleeping and I woke up and I'm like, what's like, what's going on? Like, I'm like, crap, I sobered up. I was like, shoot, because I'm more scared because I'm like, now I'm going to go harder because this freaking eight-day thing didn't. I'm like, oh, and I'm just like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, okay. Like, that's how scared I always sober up because I would be conscious again. And then I'm like, great. Two days later, I'm going to want to party again. And I'm like, man, it's the same cycle I'm stuck in. No, man, I didn't, I didn't go back. How did you break it? Because, you know, I speak to a lot of people with – um, like cocaine addictions and, and drug addictions. And one of the things they say is like, they've so many times in their life, the intention's there to like, I need to stop, but they don't, they go back to it and I need to stop. And it's like, it's multiple times before they get it right. For you, how did you manage to stick it out staying sober? I was, I was tired of feeling like that. You know, what I did was um, I had what they say is like, have your favorite piece of pie. You have a piece a day, you'll eat it every day. You have the whole pie in one day, you're never going to want to have it again. That's not the, that's not what, what I'm trying to get out of alcohol. I'm not like drink 10 bottles and you'll never want to, you might die. But I was at that level. I didn't care. But I think genuinely I knew what I was doing, how much I was taking, but I was still like, I would overdo it a little bit. Cause I'm like, I would lie to myself. Like nobody cares about you. Take another one. Everyone hates you. Take another one. Like, and I just, I wanted them to feel the regret that they never watched out for me if I die. So when I so like when I finally sobered up, I'm like, okay, so nobody cares. So what what do you do now? Like you drinking and getting high and all that, nobody cares. Why don't you start working on yourself? So when I sobered up, that's okay. I have a I have a clean path. I have one day sobriety. I eat some food. I'm like, okay, I have food in my system. I feel better now. I'm already feeling happier. Okay, um, I'm like, thank you. 
I think, I think it was you. I still don't know yet. I might relapse. So I'm not going to start celebrating just yet. I've gone two weeks sober and I'm like, I wasn't celebrating yet. So what I started doing was since I have addictions, I started making new addictions. Three, four days later, I'm like, Hey, I'm gonna start working out. So I'm like, I've always been skinny, the scrawny little Punjabi kid. Everyone's like, macho, sukha, whatever, you know, like you, you're skinny, your legs are tiny. We're, in the, like, same, we're in the same club there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I was like, um, instead of like, and this is a big, big thing I did. I took a step back and instead of looking at the world and comparing myself to him and her and, and trying to be like him, I just said, all right, you're 110 pounds. You just finished doing all these bad habits. Start eating a little more start hitting the gym, just focused on me. When I was at the gym, I remember for a whole year, I didn't look at nobody. I didn't want to, I didn't want to compare. I didn't care. I said, man, this is your life. Like you're starting here. Like he might be 20, you're 25. He might be 180 pounds. You're 110. Why are you even comparing? You're in two different lives. So I just, I never just even wanted to do that. I'm like, I'm done comparing. I was just done with these bad habits. And so I just, day by day, started hitting gym, started pushing myself. I'm like, okay, you hit 10 pounds today, do 15 tomorrow, do 20 the next day. Next thing you know, months and months pass, pass. So if I felt like drinking, I'm like, nah, bro, like you've been working out every day. You cannot drink. You cannot mess up anymore. So these just new habits started forming. I started just, gym is like the biggest thing. Like, I mean, bro, like my life changed because I started loving myself because I invested time into myself. You invest time into anything, you start caring for it. So for the first time ever, after 25 years of living, I decided to finally care about myself. I just needed a little bit of caring. So from that, just hitting the gym, I started eating healthier, no alcohol, no drugs. I didn't care for it. And then my life just started falling in place, man. I just like, I started loving myself. I started when I would put on clothes, I'm like, oh wow, like the shirt's tight. Like it was never tight. And I did it, like obviously I didn't do it by myself, but I did it by myself. And, I, and that's where that fire came in. I'm like, bro, I came from wanting to kill myself to now trying to be the best version of me. And these words are just thrown out, like, just be you, do the best you, you can do. It's just thrown, it's like, no, you, like, instead of me focusing on trying to get this girl who can, who is beautiful, and I feel like if I'm with her, I'm beautiful. I'm a good looking guy. I won. I'm trying to find myself through other people. So I stopped doing that, bro. I was like, hey, like, I need to love myself. Forget what the world thinks because everyone's going to, the world is changing. It's growing. Our minds are growing. People's taste buds change every seven years, I believe. So, you know, this person is going to look different and then I'm not going to care what they think. I'm going to look for the younger. I just want, I just want acceptance. So I started accepting myself and I'm like, okay, you're Indian. You're, you're, this is who you are. I felt so special at that time. Then I said, I'm Indian. I'm Punjab. Man, if I felt like this when I was in the, I was a kid, now it's actually cool to be different. Damn, if I knew that back in the days, you know, like, and I just wanted to then, once I started loving myself, man, I'm like, yo, I'm going to do this music thing one more time. I'm just going to, I'm going to do it one more time and I'm going to give it a hundred percent. I'm not going to make a beat and then go to the club and then try to like party. I'm going to do it every day, all day. Like it's my career. I have like nothing right now. I'm just going to try it. 
and I'm going to try it with, with, with God this time. I'm going to do it the right way. You know, I tried it with the devil. I tried to write letters to the Illuminati and I'm like, take my soul. And I'm like, look, you're winning. You have me, take me. Like, how do I, how do I win? Why do I want to be an artist so bad? Because I just wanted to be accepted and loved, you know, and that, and I put that drive in a positive way now, instead of being accepted in love, I started accepting and loving myself. And then I, when I did music, I said, wait, they portray it so wrong. Like it's so like they, they are the artists, big artists themselves are so lost. And then they're misguiding the youth, even adults. And every time I did a music video, they're like, you got to hold the bottle. I said, no, I don't. I was like, I don't got to hold, give me a different prop, bro. Like there was guns. And I said, we don't need none of this, bro. This is why everyone thinks they need this to win. They don't. And then I started just, it's, it's taking forever to figure it out. But I literally was like, okay, people don't have life figured out. We're just all doing it. So I took a step back and I said, how would I do life? How do, how would I want, you know, how would I make the world a better place if I had the opportunity to? And the only reason I started thinking like this was because of what I've been through, man. Man, that's an incredible journey that you've been on. And you know what I loved about what you said is, because I think it's so relevant, is people talk about having like an addictive personality, right? And the, a lot of people who are on substances or they, whatever they're addicted to, they go, they say, I've got an addictive personality. And they think that they have to change or lose that part of themselves. You can actually turn that into something good. It's just what you're addicted to. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, that's one thing that I think is such an important message that if you're addicted to something or if you think you've got an addictive personality, don't lose that self of you. Just channel it in a different way, which brings out the best in you. And, Absolutely. you know, for you physically getting into the gym helped your body develop, helped your mind develop. But you've obviously done a lot of sort of emotional work as well. Where you are today, when you because you're in you're in music, you're a music artist. And for all the love that you get you know, public facing job, you're going to get a lot of the hate, a lot of the negativity that comes with that. How do you cope with that now? How do you deal with that when it comes to you in today's, in, in the way you are today? I just honestly start, I just focus on the positivity. So I did realize, you know, when I focus so much on the negative, it, it you know, it shows, it, it affects me. So I started to focus more on, you know, being positive. And when I see, and it's, it's kind of hard to say because I'll have a hundred good comments and I'll have one negative one and that negative one, I just, it repeats, it gets printed into my head and I'm like, damn, I, I, I do suck. I am bad. Like I forget, I forget all the numbers and all the songs, all the positive It's just that one little negative comment. It can mess me up. But then I also turn into positive. No, I say, okay, so I'm a threat to this guy. He obviously sees me as a threat. So that's a good thing. So I, I accept all types of um, criticism because I, I do realize everyone's in a different place in their life. There's younger kids that are just want to criticize and, you know, show their opinion. And it has nothing to do with who I am. It's just how they feel about themselves at the moment. So, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm okay. Who would you say has been the biggest influence on your mindset? Because you know, listening to your story, you've done a lot of this on your own. You've dragged yourself out of the depths of despair to be where you are today. But has someone helped your mindset develop over time? Or would you say that it's something that you had to just learn on your own? 
I, I actually, I felt like I had to do it on my own. I actually was everybody else. I was a little bit of my mom, my dad, my sisters, my teachers, my friends. And that's why I was so lost. And I was so like, I have to be like them. So they accept me and approve of me. And honestly, when I just um, like kind of broke my own heart and I put it back in place and I'm like, I'm just going to be who I want to be. I mean, I'm more loved now. I've God finally gave me the platform. He's like, okay, now you won't break. And then I felt like, you know, I can be myself. And now if you do love me, I know you love me for me, not because I'm everybody else, but when I'm everybody else and you hate me or love me, I'm like, wait, do you hate me or do you love me? Cause well, did you like that part of me or that part? Cause I'm kind of copying that, you know, I just, I didn't know, but now I know I'm like, I'm me. So if you don't like me, then you don't like me. I know that. Man, that's so, that is so powerful because so many people change their behavior to be accepted, change part, parts of their identity and personality to be like, oh, if I'm a little bit more like this, then someone will love me. And if I'm like that, and they're scrambling around trying to figure out how to be accepted by changing themselves. But the best thing about what you said is when you don't change yourself and you're like, you give yourself peace to think, you know what, this is who I am. And funnily enough, people respect you for being you. They might not always like you, but you're respected for at least standing for what you stand for. Absolutely. And I feel like, um, like you said, just like, how do I say it? Like people, we just want to be loved and accepted, right? And I feel like we'll change our, we'll change our behaviors and, and everything. But the thing is they don't want to change because they feel like they get uncomfortable, but change is good. You can still grow from change. So they, they get confused. They're like, well, I don't want to change my, I'm going to change my hairstyle because they're going to like me. No, that's not the change we're looking for. We still want you to grow like as a person, because that's a, that's a different type of change too. And then, you know, put that in perspective. hundred percent. And you, you know, you mentioned the word grow there and everything that like I do with people is about a mindset of growth and it's not what you face is how you grow through it. It's there's lessons to be learned from there. There's Pain and suffering is going to be part of everybody's life at some stage. I think that trying to avoid it is, it's never going to happen, right? Everyone's going to face something in their life. It might be, it's different for everyone, but it's not about what you go through. It's how you recover from that. It's how you can try and take a lesson from it and become more rounded, a better version of yourself. And that's, that's exactly what you've done, isn't it? It's like you've taken those hard moments and instead of going, well, that's my story. That's my life. I want to blame someone else. You took responsibility for it, number one. And number two, you've looked at how it can make you better. I mean, that's an incredible journey to go on because some people don't ever get to that point where they're willing to grow and learn. They're just willing to blame or look for excuses. I did want to be, quote, somebody in this world. We're all somebody, but I wanted to be, you know, in the, in the, in the public eye door started opening for me musically. When I heard like Punjabi MC, Knight Rider, Jay-Z on power 106, the biggest radio station in California. And I'm like, wait, like this is a Punjabi song. Like doors just started opening. Like it was, a, it was just signs being thrown and And I'm like, I wanted it so bad, but I didn't want that change. I didn't want to go through the hard times but I'm so thankful for the hard times because if I didn't go through them, I would have lost, I would have lost myself the second I came into this industry. I would have lost the second somebody offered me a drug or something. I would have been like, 
yes. You know, so my story was backwards. I went through it all and I was like, man, I literally am the same person I was 15 when I was like 13 years old. I went through all that just to find out I had to be myself. That's incredible. Going through what you've gone through, there's a lot of people out there listening to this that are going to be so inspired. If there's one piece of advice you would give someone, what would it be from the lessons that you've learned? If there's like, this is the thing that I want you to take away, what would that be? The biggest thing I started doing was believing, believing in myself, believing in because it went the second I doubted myself, the world doubted me. It's all in your, it's what you say, man. So I started just, I started believing it first and doing it. And then it just spoke for itself. You don't even have to say you believe in yourself physically. You just have to feel it. It's a word I remember seeing in middle school and high school offices, believe, believe. And I was like, what is that? What does that even mean? Oh my God, it's the biggest word, bro, that, that just, it changed my life, man. Right. And, and belief is like one of those things where like, I always think that when you first start, you start telling yourself, believe in yourself, you're kind of not going to really believe it. But if you keep doing something, you get better at it, right? Like music. Repetition. Re- repetition, exactly. No matter what, any skill is the result of repetition. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're your hardest critic, bro. So you feel like, why do you deserve it? That's why I don't, when I'm on Instagram, social media, all that, I don't follow or look at what other people are doing because, you know, what is that going to do for me? If anything, I'm going to be like, Hey, what's the new song? What's the new vibe? What's out there? What do people like? I'll study it, but I will never compare and put myself down because we, as humans, we are our own enemies. I'm sure it's like, so like cliche, but we put ourselves down so much. It's ridiculous. And I mean, if you're going to put this person on a pedestal, why can't you put yourself? Like you have this one body, do yourself a favor and believe and love yourself, man. And it's those two things you do, bro. You just take off, you know, it's crazy. That's, that's such, honestly, this is so, so powerful, full of amazing information and advice for people who you know, everyone's going through something, everyone's struggling with something. And if you can just take some of these lessons and learn from it, then, you know, you will get to where you want to get to. It takes consistency. It takes repetition, but belief, like you say, is such a huge part of it. Even if you don't think you believe right now, keep practicing that belief. You have to. Yeah. And then the thing is, you're still going to live this life. So do you want to live in miserable and, 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 and just be pulling like these tons of bricks while you're trying to make it up that hill, you're still going to get up that hill and you're still going to pull those bricks. But the second you release them, you realize I was in control the whole time. I got to control my feelings, my thoughts. And if you can control it, like Drake, man, he's like, I used to drive down this, this big mansion area all the time. And I should show people I'm going to live here one day. Guess where he lives? that place he focused on it and it's your brain man it's so crazy of how powerful we are and we are not taught that you know we're not taught how powerful we really are man it's crazy yeah it's you know one of my favorite sayings is you know what you focus on you find you focus on something for long enough you're going to get it and that can work in both directions that can work in good or in bad if you focus on my life's terrible no one loves me everybody hates me everyone's making it apart from me if that's your focus guaranteed one thing you'll see that everywhere right and if you but if you decide and make the choice to say i don't want to focus on that let me just search out the ways that this is going well for me or that i'm improving or learning or growing you start to see more of them and then more of them and more of them and then you build momentum 
And honestly, I welcome, I welcome failure, man. I realize I learn more from failure than accomplishments. There is no accomplishment without failure. So when I go through failure, I'm like, oh man, I'm learning something. If I feel like I'm going through something or I'm feeling some type of way or I'm getting rejected, I'm like, oh, there's something else about to happen. Oh, there's some. So I, I get actually really excited. I mean, at the moment, I might be a little sad, but I drink a little coffee. I get happy. I keep myself focused on, I say as much as like positive as I can. But man, do I welcome failure? Absolutely. All day. Incredible. Happy. This has been incredible. I mean, I want to thank you so much for your time today. Just to finish, like, what's going on with you musically at the moment? What, what have we got to look forward to? Because like I say, your new album dropped. Incredible album, by the way. Banger after banger on there. But what's next? What's coming up next for you? Um, I believe I'm growing publicly with everybody. So it's kind of cool. And you guys are going to be able to see... I'm just doing new music, man. Something I'm all, I'm always pushing myself. So I did my last album. The first one it was like, okay, Indian Punjabi. The next one, I'm like, let me do all English and let there be a story behind it. So now this is like, you're going to hear a new artist and it's just, you guys are all growing with me. And it's like, I'm doing this whole, I'm actually just about to drop the video very soon. I just shot it a couple of days ago. You know, even though there's COVID and stuff, I'm like, no, I got to use this. I, if anything, you know, the city shut down so I can use different locations that I usually wouldn't be able to use. So I'm trying to figure it out. But yeah, there's new music coming, a lot of features with a lot of UK artists. Um, so I'm just trying to do it all around, you know. Man, it's, I'm really looking forward to seeing what drops next because your career is going from strength to strength. And the best thing about it is it's being built on solid foundations, a great mindset, a fantastic story. And you are an inspiration, brother, to so many people out there. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. Man, thank you for having me, brother. Appreciate it.